0: listeners, this is Adrian. This is How to Survive the End of the World, our podcast on learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. And I'm just going to introduce you to what you're about to hear, which is the recording of our live podcast taping um, at Brown University. We were invited to do an event called Reimagining the Future that was sponsored by the LGBTQ center Brown center for students of color, the Cogut Institute for humanities, comparative literature, the Institute for transformative practice, literary arts, office of campus life, the Pembroke center, Sarah Doyle center for women and gender and the UFI center all at Brown university. Um, it was a part of all of their LGBTQ programming and, um, We wanted to go ahead and drop it today because we have a really special guest who joins us on the show that feels really relevant for a Mother's Day release. So um, we also wanted to say before we get started that we love doing these live shows. We love meeting you. Um, So if you or an institution you're associated with is interested in in booking us to come and record live, uh, you can just shoot us an email at howtosurvivepod at gmail.com and let us know what you're thinking. And we wanted to really um, dedicate this show to everyone out in the world who is involved in any way in the work of mothering. Um, That mothering is a radical work. Mothering is one of the most important things that can be done on this planet to actually keep us um, connected to the generation before us, keep us connected to the place that we're from, keep us connected to land and to each other. Mothering is really the place where we learn that tie and where we experience or can experience the unconditional love of existence. (laughs) So um, we also wanted to send a lot of love and hugs and kisses out to all of our listeners who maybe didn't get the mothering that they um, deserved and the mothering that they needed, and especially to those listeners of ours who identify as queer in any way, um, if your parents didn't know what to do with that, um, just sending you a big hug and um, yeah, and hope that that something in this show is healing for you.
1: Really excited to be brown at Brown. Oh, we're Brown sisters at Brown, um, y'all. It feels like everything's come full circle here Everything. in Providence. Everything. Um I think I'm,
0: we both did. We both get rejected by Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So here
1: we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean truly I was like laughing about this with with our friends in the car that I, this is who I am because I'm such a Sagittarius that when I got my rejection letter from Brown I was like what <laughs> Okay <laughs> I'll just go to Sarah Lawrence then I guess mm-hmm. Very close, right? Yeah, pretty close. It's like it's geographically, spiritually. Okay. Yeah, but not. I don't I imagine <laughs> that it's not probably the same as this experience. I'm sure it's so different and unique what mm-hmm. you're what
0: you're living through here. <laughs> um, you know, I will say this. I think college is college. College, I think is, it's college. college is college. I'm like, there's yeah. always people sitting on grass. I went to school. Yeah. <laughs> So Mm -hmm. we wanted to talk tonight, we wanted to be in in line with what y'all have been working on here, which is really thinking about queer and trans visions of the future, and like really imagining a future. And so we thought we could come at this a few different ways. Mm. The first way was (laughs) we want to have a conversation about this current moment, and we have what we think might be a creative science fictional way to do that. The second thing we want to do is we have a special guest here to talk a little bit about Queering children, raising queer children, Mm -hmm. and then the third thing we thought we would do is really ask. Wait, did y'all know that there
1: was going to be a special guest?
0: Oh yeah, there's always a special guest. Okay. (laughs) Well, always. We've only done three shows. We've always had one. So yeah. (laughs) Um. So there's a special guest. There's a microphone for the special guest. Yeah. And the special guest knows because they're very special. We had to let them know. Um. But so don't worry. Like you're like, is it me? You know, it's like. It's not you, calm down. (laughs) It's only you if it's you, right? So, and then the third part of it, I wanna go ahead and plant the seed now so that you can be germinating, is we're gonna be really asking you all for some concepts of queer and trans visions for the future. Um, And particularly looking to listen to the queer and trans people in this room. um, What do you know about those visions for the future? So be germinating. And eventually we'll, we're going to pour water and it's going to go great. So does that it. sound like it'll work for y'all? And then we'll do some Q&A or some feels and A, because sometimes you don't have a question. You're just like, you're just I'm, like feeling, I'm feeling feelings. I'm feeling trans. You know, whatever right. it is, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I
1: think that's how the coming out process usually works. That's, yeah.
0: I mean, for me, I was just like, yeah. I'm feeling <laughs> like I'm attracted
1: <laughs> to everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel I must that be queer.
0: I feel it. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Um, I feel it. <laughs> oh, I feel. It. Okay, so <laughs> I'll just I'll just take it from here. So <laughs> so Yay. one of the things that we thought we would do in terms of our you know what is the most visionary way that we could begin this conversation is uh-huh. to imagine for ourselves. That, you know, we're, you know, oh, I'm imagining myself as a student at Brown, I'm sitting on the grass and reading, you know, Hobbes and being like, why am I having to read this? Yes. That's
0: what I thought too. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, see, mm-hmm. we're all wondering that. Why is anyone still reading that? Why am um, I <laughs> And, you know, and then suddenly from out of the sky comes this like blue orb of light It's you floating down Mm -hmm. and out of this blue orb of light steps an indescribably beautiful creature. Mm -hmm. And I just know just in my guts, in my bones, that this is not an earth-based creature. This is like an extraterrestrial creature. And what sound does it make? Mm -hmm. But somehow, because of the technology that this creature has, it has a way of speaking, like making whatever noise it makes, but I can understand what it's saying to me. And what is it saying to me? Oh, you're going to say it your way. What's going on here on earth? in yeah. this current political condition and c- political moment, and like, no. should I fuck with it or not? <laughs> <laughs> like really? Yeah. Um, so we thought we would each like ask each other this question. Yeah. <laughs> so you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, right. <Okay. laughs> so trying to imagine how to really describe to an extraterrestrial, like what has happened here. So what has happened here, is that um, there's a life form on this planet um, that has lost its ability to relate to the planet itself as a living organism? Mm. It's very sad.
2: Ew.
1: Yeah, and and it means that both that life form, which we call human, um, is very sad inside mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't feel like it has a parent anymore. But it doesn't know that it's supposed to have a parent. It's sort of like both lost the feeling of being parented by the organism of the planet, but it's also lost the memory Mm. that the organism is its mother. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, it's hurting the organism. It's like cutting it and Digging into it and wounding it, um, but it's also every time it does that, it like creates a wound on its own body too. Mhm. Because mm-hmm. everything mirrors everything on the planet. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the planet is starting to have a really hard time, like, accepting the child. Mm. Yeah, and is the planet's trying to sort of figure out, like. Well, what am I going to do with this child? Does the child need to be here anymore? You know, do I have to let this child go? Mm -hmm. So that's how I would explain what's happening.
0: (laughs) Hello, listeners. Because we just realized that you're not actually watching us in this moment, Um, I wanted to just explain that in this moment the alien life form um actually leaves Adrian's body and transfers over into Autumn's body. Um so that the conversation reverses. So that's what's happening. Oh
1: wow. <laughs> wow.
0: This is amazing. I always wanted to meet you, first of all. <laughs> oh, oh. You're so cool looking. Oh, oh. I love this color. It's like my favorite color in the universe.
1: Ooh.
0: I'm so glad it exists on other planets. <laughs> um, so your question is a really hard one. And um, the thing that I would layer into what you may already know is um, that the, the ch- there's not just one child running amok and hurting the planet. Mm -hmm. It's all Mm -hmm. these multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of being who have not only forgotten how to be in relationship to planet, but have forgotten forgotten how to be in relationship to each other and have been trained out of almost every natural impulse we have. So every impulse we have to just love each other, we've been trained and separated from each other and told how that love can go, told to deny all of our natural impulses for it and to try to fit it into these very clean boxes that can be controlled. And all of the control is for, exactly, it's horrible. Um, All of the control mechanisms are for something that is called capitalism. It's about how do we,
1: even the word, yeah,
0: you may have to like let it, yeah. It's like basically, Some people trying to accumulate all of the wealth, all of the resources, and just having everyone else service them and subsist on the bare minimum, (laughs) and so it's no good, right? And all the governments get constructed to protect this economic approach, and hearts get broken to protect this economic approach, and borders get created to protect this economic approach. And so we are in a very exciting moment Mm -hmm. where a lot of those, a lot of our species is noticing that these systems don't work. And we're trying to imagine and practice what could work. And both reaching back for what was our original relationship to land and who still remembers that and who's still practicing that, and also reaching forward to how we reconnect ourselves to land which might be without any of the current borders and any of the current economic systems. Mm. And so it's it's like a heartbreaking, devastating time of apocalypse, but it's also a time of immense possibility
1: and fecundity and richness. Mm. That's where we are. I'm realizing that this alien is nodding its head, but like probably wouldn't. Probably does, it probably yeah, would probably nod wouldn't. the antenna. Mm. Yeah,
0: these are antenna, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so,
1: so alien liftoff. All right. Do we think this alien would wanna fuck with us? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Would you stay if you were the alien? You're like, no. <laughs> 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 Do you think the alien would take a few of us away? <laughs> um, right, so the other piece of it. <laughs> Thank you. Be the alien. We understood what
1: you were saying.
0: (laughs) It's so good. Um, I love playing alien games because it's always interesting to me, like how I think of aliens. Still, like I'm like, what does an alien look like, Mm -hmm. and which aspects of humanoid? Features, am I still like, you must still have this, right? (laughs) Right? Right. Like the fact that we have to make noise to communicate at all. I'm like, probably not. Like, (laughs) I feel like if we didn't live in the society we live in, we would be pretty far along on telepathy by now. But because we live in the society we live in where it's like, no, everything has to be moved out of you and made into something consumable. So now it's like I use my phone in a near telepathic way. But I'm like, if I didn't have the phone and we hadn't developed that, I'm sure we would have figured out other ways. And, like, I feel what's going on with you all the time. I know you feel what's going on with me all the Mm -hmm. time. I think we'd be there. So,
1: Well, I often think, too, about in terms of just, like, the... The idea of making contact, yes. and would we even be able to like recognize yeah. like alien life? Yeah. I mean, are we able to recognize it now Octopuses when it's among are us? are here right, right now, like cephalopods and stuff. But y'all, y'all have seen the science about. I'm sure you've seen the science about this because you are students, <laughs> right? That what y'all know about it <laughs> Look up cephalopods, alien life form. It's fascinating. They might be aliens. Or evolved from aliens. Yeah. Well, Um, there's like
0: a rebel band of scientists, right?
1: Which is one of my favorite things when you read an article
0: and they're like, "There's a rebel band of scientists." They don't say rebel band; they say like a small group. But I know they're rebels, right? That are like, (laughs) we are up in here realizing that like the basic formative materials of octopuses landed from someplace else a long time ago and then co-developed alongside us, right? Right. Which is both exciting and kind of sad to me because I always love the idea that like. At some point, we were all
1: like, "Just me." We could still totally.
0: It could be both, and yeah. right.
1: We don't. The future is dark. Science. <laughs> Why
0: not? Um, yeah. But
1: what I was gonna say <laughs> is just this idea of like, would we be able to actually recognize and then and be able to actually encounter yeah. other life? And yes. I don't know if y'all remember that movie Contact. Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. How could we ever forget Jodie Foster Um, and It's one of my favorite science fiction movies ever. But one of the things I love about it is that when she finally encounters this alien life form, it projects something that she can actually understand in order for it to be able to communicate to her inside the encounter. Is it wrong to give a spoiler for a movie that's been out for 20-something years? (laughs) No.
0: No. So it, it projects itself as her father. As her father. Right? Yeah. And then has a conversation with her as her father, which I just think is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I actually have to say, I had this experience yesterday um, that was just like contact. Um, <laughs> where I traveled through space. No, I had this, I, I landed in Providence yesterday and I got off the plane and I got into my lift and immediately the lift driver, the lift driver was like, something was special about this guy. He's like this beardy kind of fuzzy dude and um, fuzzy beardy guy, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got the image, right? And-
1: (laughs) That's very specific.
0: And I said, and he was like, how was your flight? And I was like, it was very turbulent, you know, coming down. And it felt like we were moving through layers of rain and turbulence, it was like raining. And he was like, I'm actually a pilot and I do like recreational flying. And he started going down this whole thing around how climate change has really impacted flying. but then he took sort of a redirect and went in, like, God direction, right? Because he was like, mm-hmm. you whoa. Know, I was like, how did we get over there, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about flying, <laughs> space, air, God, I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. like, somehow he got, I still can't remember, like, how did he get over there?
1: But he was going to go there. He was, that's what it was. That's how was he got like, over there. You know some,
0: okay, so I think <laughs> some people drive lifts specifically as an evangelical move. Like, I think they're just sort of like... Get in the car. I'm just going to have a little gospel going. Just warm you up. Just kind of mm-hmm. see what happens and mm-hmm. hear that. You know, but it's not like overt gospel. It's not like amazing grace. It's sort of like, it sounds like pop. And they are like, Jesus, pop. Right. And then sort of like, <laughs> I think this is, I think, anyway, think, Jesus. So all of that was happening layers. But then he got overt. And he was like, you know, I talk to God every day. Right? And I was like, my first, I felt my barrier come up in me that was like, Hoop. are you trying to evangelize me? Right? Because. Mm-hmm. I'm 40. I already have like made some decisions about all this stuff. And, but then I softened some, you know, I just sort of, I felt like, let me just, I have my headphones off. I committed to being in this conversation for the next seven minutes. So let's do it. Beautiful. And, so I softened and then I was <laughs> good like, good you know, noticing. Thank you. So I actually was like, I talk to God every day too, in my own way. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, the way I do it is I talk to the tarot and I talk to the universe and I talk to ants and I hug trees and stuff like that. But to me, it's very much that same being in touch with the divine channel of life. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, you and me, we do the same thing, brother. Um, and And then he kept talking about it. As he was talking about it, I was suddenly struck with, oh, this is my grandfather. Like, and in a very precise way like he started talking about the 7000 promises that you remember that little yes. book that papa gave to everyone? Yes. And I just was like suddenly like I could barely not cry. <laughs> like I was just mm-hmm. like oh god. And I met, you know he's he's been gone now for a while and there was no one in the world like my grandfather. Like he was just one of these he just had I mean like when I think of him it's always his hands first. But he just had these like massive working the land Working with horses, working with dogs, kind of hands, and was just, and was an evangelical man, and mm-hmm. like everyone he met, he was just like, "I want to make sure your soul and your soul is attended to, you and your soul is attended
1: to." You. But and also was like, but in he, was to that, he was chill. He was chill, but was also like one of the most deeply curious people exactly. that I've ever known. Exactly. You know, so actually, like listen deeply in a way that I think yeah. actually for me at least, contributed to like the, the path that I feel like I ended up on in terms yes. of the work that I do because Absolutely. I remember being like, I want to be able to ask questions like that. I want to yeah. be able to listen like that, even yeah. from being in a place of being firmly rooted in my belief system to still be able to ask questions like that, exactly. like that yeah. is an uncanny ability. So
0: it was like that, like it was just like sitting there all of a sudden like he's asking good questions and he's listening. And he's telling me about these things, and I was just was moved. And I was like, "Oh right, like that was a visit." Yes. And then you know, and I, I, I was like this. I was like, I want to jump and hug him, getting out of the car. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like let me just calm not. it down, girl. He don't know that he's your papa. He just right. knows that he's living his life. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So that's the state of things, <laughs> and that's so the got state the of our state grandpa. Of things. Um, and now I think it's time for our guest to come on up and have a conversation. So the next person who's going to approach the stage is very important to us um, and is someone who has done a lot of great work when it comes to raising queers. It's our mom. It's our mom. So like I've never done this. I know.
2: <laughs> you know, you she never lies. podcast until I, you no, do. i never
0: really have. You okay. never podcast until you do. do so, so, so let's turn I'm and face you. Doing great. Okay. Um, yes, we're so, gonna, so you're we're gonna turn so, great. You. I so we got just here. we just sprung this on my mom today after she had arrived because we thought <laughs> yeah. she might not come if we asked her too early. Because um, mm-hmm. she managed to raise people who enjoy being on stages and talking, but that's yeah. not like her jam.
3: No. But
0: you do like
1: being in charge, though. I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sagittarians, behind this behind whole crew right here. Yeah. Behind so, any Sagittarians in the house? Any Sagittarians in These the
0: house? These are your house? people. These are your fire. People. We're such
1: good managers of others. <laughs> so,
2: this
1: is cool. like it. one mm-hmm.
0: of the you can get used to it. It. Well, okay. We're trying to do it with the whole family. We we did a live show in Minnesota recently, and. For that show, we had Autumn's Children. <laughs> they took the stage and they basically did their own whole podcast. They did. Siobhan and Murray um,
1: did their own they show did their own. after our show was well, over. Well, actually, they but did also, some before. That's true. They really
0: approached it as our part was the, let's just get through the middle. Mm-hmm. But theirs was the important beginning and end, and mm-hmm. they were they were a little disappointed that the audience didn't yeah. kind of
1: respond the same exactly. But way, then but Finn was know. the audience participant. He Heckler? was like heckling me the entire show. <laughs> I
0: I it was wait. amazing. It was, and he was brilliantly heckling. Like yeah. he was like, "That's not how the prison industrial complex works." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> just like, okay, yeah. come through, child. Yeah. Anyway, so, but with our mother up here, we uh, mother. our mother. So, we're talking about <laughs> queer and trans visions of the future, and one of the things we were asking was sort of like, how did we get to be queer and trans, you know, queer people, queer and people. Yeah. Queer people who have a lot of sex with trans people, but not right. actually trans right. ourselves. It's different. Yeah. Okay? Um, it's really different. It is. Um, but it does open Don't your mind, I will say. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Or two, yeah. if you like that kind of thing. Okay, sorry. Mom's here. So, we are talking about... <laughs> She's very accepting of us. As you'll see. So we were like, how do, you, how do you actually raise queer and trans future, right? Like how do you actually, what is the kind of parenting modality that actually works to create open space and tender space for people to figure out who they are and become that and keep becoming that? And I'll say that I feel like I've come out to you many times. I feel like I came out to you probably (laughs) earlier today. Um, I feel like I'm always, you know, like I feel like first, you know, my memory of it, so I'll say. You you both did. Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway,
0: so I feel like, I know, well, with mine, I feel like I'm always coming out because I'm like, I'll tell this little, these two little funny stories. So, and then you can challenge. And you should definitely ask her a question. Yeah, no. Um, (laughs) It's mostly this, it's about my feelings about being a queer person who was well raised, (laughs) but, is my memory of coming out to you first is, the or the first time I'm like, oh yeah, I came out to you, was when um, we were in the water. It, oh, my parents were stationed. My parents were, my dad was in the military for 30 years. So we were stationed in the Marshall Islands. And we were down there. I had been having breakdowns and doing all my kinds of stuff in life. And then... Drugs. Drugs. Oh yeah. I came out to you about, F- I was like, mom, I was doing drugs. Actually, I don't even know if I told you I was high all the time. You would just be like, Think you need to go get some more sleep anyway so <laughs> but i came i was like i slept with my friend <laughs> and you were like oh well that sounds interesting how did you know did you enjoy it <laughs> and like you didn't really skip too much of a beat like you were just sort of like all right well how was that for you kind of like that energy and i was like yeah it was kind of cool i think i like it better than anything else i ever did <laughs> you know um <laughs> it was great <laughs> and And so that's one side of coming out. I think it's on already. And then the other side is, when I had my ectopic pregnancy, I called you. Um, First I called like, I'm having, my appendix has burst. It's not funny, but it's funny funny because it's me. I called and I was like, my appendix has burst, I think. I'm in the hospital. I'm in the most pain I've ever been in in my life. And at that point, you know, the hospital had asked me like 20 times, any chance that you're pregnant? I was like, no. I only had sex with a guy that like one time we used plan B, like it's all good. I had what seemed like a period, like it's all good, I'm not pregnant, right? And they're like, any chance? And I was like, no. And I'm also really tired of you talking about the wrong things. I know myself, I'm having an appendix
1: burst. I need you to (laughs) figure this out. Focus. Quote of the night is, I'm having an appendix burst. I'm having an (laughs) appendix burst. (laughs) Because that was a lot of pain. I couldn't do coherence, right? right. I was just like, ah! focus, right?
0: So then they came back in and they were like, unfortunately, <laughs> even though you know yourself so well and you're a black witch and all that, <laughs> somehow you still are having a, preg- a pregnancy. pregnancy. And so I had to call my mom and be like, hey, I'm pregnant. you know. And, and so she tells my dad, Adrian's pregnant. And my dad, in my, she, this is the other role you've always played is like helping with dad. Well, dad's like, so now she's back to guys? Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just, to me, this was hilarious, but I was just like, my dad's understanding of queer is like, so then that's girls. That's, right. you know, like, and it's just very mm-hmm. much like, no, it's everything. I like everything. I like everything. I would probably like the alien we talked to earlier. I like everything. So I want to ask you what was your memory of that? Because I, I came out maybe a decade or so before mm-hmm. I think
4: you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember it differently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I, I remember it differently. No, I do, I do remember that. <laughs> that I, happened. I, okay. I do remember that. That did happen. But I remember wondering when you were going to tell me. Oh. Yeah. When did you know? I'd known for a while. Mm-hmm. I think, like most parents, uh-huh. I'd known him for a while, mm-hmm. and I can remember saying, "Adrian, is say anything you want to tell me? Because <laughs> I am the daughter of that curious grandfather." Oh yes, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was. I just wanted to make sure you were okay, mm-hmm. and you knew it was okay, mm-hmm. and safe. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my job.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: And and I look back. I don't really know how I did. You know. I mean. I just know that I loved you and love you, and that's that's all that's really required, right? Yeah.
2: I think so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Underneath (laughs) it all, yes.
4: (coughs) Well, and I think it
0: was putting the un in unconditional, Unconditional. right? Unconditional. Because it it really felt like, oh, I really need to tell you this. Right. You know. I will say the way you don't know that you how you did. I will say you did so good um, because I kept coming back. Right? I was yeah. like, guess what? Yeah. There's now more. This.
4: <laughs> hey, and and I'm also reading her book, Pleasure Activism. So there are a few things I'm, I'm learning. Um, I'm like, I don't know if I can read this, chapter. <laughs> It's like, you could oh. skip the whole
0: what? first 200 pages. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no.
4: Great. I love... No, actually, I, love, I want you I, to get it, too. I love all of yes. you. Yes,
0: hmm I know.
1: I love all of you. What about
0: no. this one? She, when she came out, was it a surprise?
1: No. Really? No. See, I, mean, I wasn't the, surprised The either, interesting girl. thing in my journey is that, you it's know... so different. I was in yeah. a, you know... 16 year long, or at the point that I guess I came out, I had, it was probably, I was maybe like 13, 14 years into a mostly monogamous relationship with a cis man. And so I'm very curious about like how that was received. I think it was such
4: a a transition or uh, conversations that we would have that I knew that your attraction was beyond it wasn't just contained to, I'm only in love with this person because they're a man or mm-hmm. any of that. Mm. And that's sort of the way I read you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, you were more uh, fluid.
1: Mm. Yeah. I like
4: that. You were more fluid, mm-hmm. right? And, and I def-
1: remember- You're
2: definitely fluid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very fluid. You know. I remember
1: but, Dad similarly having a hilarious response of like, well, I knew when you bought that Subaru that something was up. <laughs> I woman would buy that Subaru. And I was like, wagon. is that a thing? And he was like, yes, yes it's a thing. It, yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> I was like, how do you know that? And I don't know that. No,
4: no, no. We, we, we uh, work for an insurance company. We work for an insurance company. And um, we have a same-sex couple that comes in frequently to visit us. And they say, oh, well, of course we have a Subaru. It's a thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and
0: I also want to
4: yeah. give you props because I feel like
0: you've really helped Dad come along yeah. in this because Dad that. was definitely in the more like, I, what? <laughs> I don't get it. You know, I feel like Dad has, there's so many quotes. Like, someday i got to write these all down. But, like, there's, you know, and if any of you have parents, um, <laughs> you have you may have heard some of these of like, well, why would anyone choose to do that, right? It seems like it's going to mm-hmm. be so hard, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, not choosing, mm-hmm. having, must have,
2: mm-hmm. that
0: kind <laughs> um, must. And then I remember having a conversation, actually the night before he had his heart attack. I remember this, and I was like, I think this may have given him his heart attack, but uh, no, right?
1: No, that was the
0: um, But diet. I had that moment where, I was, where we were talking, I think it was around pride or around something, and he was like, why do people have to be so, like, out there. So gay, right? Like so <laughs> out there. So out there. So out there, right? And You know, he's a military man. He's like, we get in here and we just live our lives, like, you know, we go right mm-hmm. here. And it was just such a thing to, be, to talk about it in terms of, like, black power and queer power and just being like, when you have been overly contained and made to shrink for so long, when you burst out, you gotta burst really big, you mm-hmm. know? You may settle into something else that's a little, like, more, just a little soft queer, a little soft bitch, but... <laughs> First, you got to go, like, I'm going the whole big exam. You know, that's how I went. When I came out, I was like, where is the march? Can I stay <laughs> in the middle of the street? Do you notice, like, this is sheer? Mm-hmm. Do, I shaved all, every, what can mm-hmm. I shave? That's not my legs or my armpits. You know, like, it was just like, right. right? And But it was such a beautiful moment. But I feel like you've worked with Dad so beautifully yeah. in bringing him along, such that now people come from, like, all over. Same-sex couples come from like all over because they want y'all's support because they know that they can be safe and loved and listened to in your office.
4: Yeah. 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 Are you queer? No, I'm not. Okay. Definitely, I'm definitely. I was like, just in case. Just definitely into. I'm I'm definitely into your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: But you know, (laughs) he's so into you too. You guys are so cute.
4: And I do think, though, that our journey.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, I used to w- wonder, you know, because you know, this is 20 years, yeah. you know, and um, things have changed a lot yeah. in 20 years, um, but I got married to your father f- over 40 years ago, Yeah. and my journey was like, I could have made a different choice, Yeah. but then I couldn't have yeah. made a different choice. No. The choice I made was my life. Yeah. yeah.
2: You
0: know, well, and and in I case want. you didn't notice, our dad's black. And he, and and you guys, it really was, there was so much risk. I wonder, did that, do you feel like taking those risks helped you?
4: Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Helped you. I was like, family talk, we need to translate. Oh, yes. <laughs> helped you. <laughs> um, helped you basically be available to and be open to us being queer, us moving outside right. of whatever traditional.
4: To be, to be whomever you want to be, uh-huh. however you want to you know, go through your life, Yeah. you know, is to love you unconditionally. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because, I mean, I feel like you and dad in that risk. So just a little briefly about their love story. It's such yeah, a just love a story. story. Just, just that, you know, they <laughs> met, they began dating and married, in, eloped, married within three months. Yeah. Um, and right. they're still together and they're still together over and 40 they like years each later other, yeah. um, and and a lot of the the swiftness of that right was really about recognizing right as soon as people find out they will do everything possible to tear us apart they would try But to stop we us. live in yeah. you know deep South Christian territory they will respect the bond of marriage yeah So
4: I'm gonna marry that man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 And then we got the heck out of Dodge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And like, and yeah. Everything must go. Yeah. Let's yeah. leave this country. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad I did okay. I'm glad you did, you know? I did okay. I did okay. It's so wonderful. Bad. You guys did okay. I always tell people, I'm like, if you like me,
0: it's because of her. Yeah, It could have been a lot of other ways. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, Mama. I love you. Down to
1: that phone chart. Phone chart. You it's could, apparently.
0: I'm, I'm like, if it has a slight sound, I can twerk to it. I love days. that you're
1: on your phone right now.
0: Uh, well, I'm pulling up what we're ha- doing next because I can't remember. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, time travel. Okay. So,
1: we've gone to space. Well, actually, before we do that, oh, yeah. I want to say a little something about queer and trans parenting right now. <gasps>
0: oh, my God. You're a parent,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> well, just that, like... You know, this question of, like, um, queer and trans visions of the future, for me, it feels really interesting as someone who's, like, I'm parenting three children, um, one of whom, my oldest, came out as non-binary a few years ago, um, is now 10. But can we just say the sweetness of it? Yeah. Like.
0: So this child overheard Autumn talking about non-binary things, like in a car or something? Well, so here's how it happened.
1: (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to tell you a
0: story. I was like, tell this story because it's so So
1: I had been working with um, some queer and trans young people in the Twin Cities in Minnesota and was reviewing a video of one of the trans youth, or one of the youth who identified as non-binary, explaining their gender identity. Um, and Finn kind of like floated in and out of the room a few times while the video was playing. Um, and I'll say too that as a, I mean, as a, as the person who's been parenting Finn, Finn's entire life, um, I've known since Finn was three that Finn does like not identify, like doesn't, didn't feel like, he still goes by he, him pronouns, but didn't feel like he was either a boy or a girl. Um, so he was like floating in and out of the room and then A few weeks later, he was having a sleepover at his other grandmother's house and was like lying next to her in bed and was kind of lying awake in the middle of the night. He's kind of a jittery kid. And um, kind of, he like turned to his other grandmother. She goes by Nona. And he was like, Nona, I think I'm a binary person. (laughs) And she didn't know what he was talking about, right? (laughs) She was just like... But she had a good response. She was like, I'm sure that's fine. (laughs) And then the next morning, you know, when my partner and I went to pick up the kids, like we, she like pulled us aside and she was like, I just want to flag this for you. I don't know what it means. Um, And I was like, oh, I know what it means. And it was so beautiful because it was like Finn, it was like watching that process of like, you know, before something has a name, and then like once you acquire language for it, how different, you know, he settled into this, the truth of himself in a way that was really different after he acquired some language. And then he was, like, now he's out there just educating people all the time. So, like, we had this hilarious experience last summer at the lake where he's, (laughs) like, out there playing with this group of, like, a group of boys who are being very, like, we are masculine. Um, (laughs) We're at the lake. And he's got, this is before he cut his hair off, so he's got his long hair, and he's, like... um, you know, he's like throwing a ball back and forth to this group of boys and like, one of the boys was like, your hair is so long, like, what even are you? And Finn's like, I'm non-binary and I bet you don't even know what that means. <laughs> At which point we're like standing ovation, standing ovation. (laughs) Like you know, it's like It's those moments where you're like, you know, you're really parenting well. Um, But the the thing I was gonna share about all of this is that like watching the clarity with which Finn moves through the world inside himself, and now my youngest Marae, who's six, is also starting to identify as non-binary, and and there's like a real clarity in them. That for me, it it has offered space for me to recognize that like there's a way that I can't imagine. I can't imagine what the future is that they're about to create because they're gonna be creating it inside of a freedom that I didn't know. Right. And which isn't to say that like I'm not I'm finding my way to freedom in like new and different ways every day as I like continue developing as a person, but there's a kind of freedom that they are experiencing, and and I did experience this kind of freedom in my identity as a, as a mixed race person, again to the credit of our mom and our dad who, you know, we were coming up at a time when it was still so um, unnerving to white people that mixed people existed. And so, you know, I was continuously being interrogated on my racial identity as a child and our parents were deeply protective of the fact that no one could tell us what our racial identity was even them like my mom would say even I cannot tell you even your dad cannot tell you how you are going to identify racially and no one else can tell you that it is completely up to you right and so I got to grow up inside of that freedom and now my kids are getting to go up inside this other type of freedom that I don't know and that makes me feel deeply
0: humble yeah it's it's incredible and I think I just want to offer that you have been such a ferocious teacher and protector and like holder of that, dragon mother, you know? Um, Because it does feel like...
1: I will yell at a person.
0: Yes. That's what it is,
1: right? I did yell in the face of one of their school principals.
0: I think it takes that kind of parenting to protect a future that we can't imagine, right? Yes. I think it takes exactly that kind of parenting. Because when I think about the number of times that I was experiencing racism or I was experiencing some kind of um, oppression as a kid and mom I feel like you never flinched about taking our sides on stuff and so we would come in you know I had that geometry teacher who tried to fail me you know and put me by the, in the back of the class all this stuff and fucking she would just come geometry. in and be like mostly you're probably wrong right My <laughs> my kid doesn't lie to me she doesn't come up with shit so you're fucking up and like every time <laughs> any of us would come in and bring something she would just be like Nope. I need to know how you're fucking up with my child and I need you to mm-hmm. not that language of course but like I need to know how you're how you're going to come correct and get better because my child deserves for you to be better and I feel <laughs> like you actually <laughs> practice that so much with mm-hmm. our kids our kids right That's how I feel okay I also feel like a queer influencer in the family <laughs> I'm totally (laughs) their queer influencer. I'm just sort of like, anybody need their nails painted again? You know? (laughs) Um, But I do feel like that protective device of what it looks like, because I feel like parents often miss all the things around what it is to be queer and young Mm -hmm. or to be different and young at all. So when you get calls from teachers about the kids acting out, I feel like so quickly you're like, what is at the root system? Mm -hmm. Because my child is not just acting out for no reason. Oh, yeah. They're acting out. Did they get called something? Did they get scared? Mm -hmm. Did they, you know, like what happened to produce this result? And that, to me, that kind of attentive parenting is actually what produces the safety, you know, the sort of, oh, I know I'm in a container where even if there's people trying to attack my very existence, there's also a container of someone who is saying, first you were in in this womb, now you're in this womb. You're my child. I am Mm -hmm. holding this for you. And, And still, you still get to germinate. And I still feel like that. I'm like, I still feel like I get to grow. Yeah. And I think your kids are still right because like that. that
1: unconditional love experience—if yeah. you have it—it it doesn't ever go. You away. don't stop experiencing yeah. it. And I think that one of the this might be an interesting place for us to segue into this like uh, time traveling into the future.
0: Segue. I was like, can we get um, our segues? And actually like,
1: remember when that was gonna be the future, right? Ugh, what a nerdy future. Oh, um, not that there's anything wrong with that. But no, anyway. It's great. Um, but I feel like, you know, <laughs> one of the, you know, going, tuning back into what you were talking about yeah. when you were introducing the current conditions to our alien friend yes. or slash potential lover for you. Um, <laughs> that, you know. I've got a crush. That we have, we have a need to create conditions in which we're learning how to like, generate and extend unconditional, the experience of unconditional love beyond our family relationships. That's right. Knowing that for many people, they don't even get that experience inside their family relationships, but it's like, how do we actually be able to generate, like, is it a skill we can practice to love unconditionally beyond the scope of who we believe ourselves to be responsible for?
0: I love that, I love that. That is a great segue. So, um, can everybody drive your Segways? No, you're just like, we're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Has anyone in this room ever actually been on a Segway? <laughs> yes, we've got okay. a couple. Okay, we've got a few seg- okay I just, is it cool? Does it feel fun to ride? Like, it's cool. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, so maybe it's cool. It's just like because of who's been using them in my community. Right. Um, my only association I'm with like, Segways is
1: Arrested Development. Mall Cops. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> like... It's just mall cops and arrested developers. So here's what we want to do with some time travel. Are y'all down? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Here we go. So close your eyes and drop into your own SOMA, your own system, your own body. um, And really feel for, oh, I'm in this present moment, 2019, April, Brown University. And I want you to just sort of do a checking in for yourself of like, in this moment, do I feel like queer and trans people are safe in the world? Okay, just sort of be like, hmm, do I feel that? And I'm not gonna tell you a time to go to, but I'm gonna say to travel yourself as far into the future as you need to go in order to, to be in a place where you know that queer and trans people are safe. So you're journeying out there, you're journeying ahead going in the cycle of time. Maybe the cycle goes all the way to some history. It's non-linear. But you're in a place now where you know that queer and trans people are safe. And I want you to like look around in that place. Look around in that place. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How does housing work? Where do queer and trans people live that helps them so that they're safe? How does justice work when there's harm in the community? How does it get handled in a way that queer and trans people get to be safe and protected and have their harms addressed, our harms addressed? What is the fashion? Is it something you can tell? Is queer and trans still something you, we aim to visualize in some ways? Is it something we aim to hide? Is it, does it not even matter? It's just ubiquitous? No matter what you wear, you're safe. What does it look like? Are we wearing clothes? Are we wearing clothes? Oh my God, I love that question. Do queer and trans people even need clothes in this future? Or are we on the beach? Okay, sorry, my vision, I didn't mean to flood yours. Your vision, back to yours. (coughs) Um, What do families look like? What does a queer and trans family look like that's totally safe? And you can, if there's any other things, you're like, oh, and there's also this. This is what we eat. This is the music we're listening to. This is how we make decisions. Are there borders? Is there a government? All right. So. In your little place where you are, just take a snapshot. If you can see a calendar, look around and see if you can see a calendar. Like, is there a calendar? Is there a sense of when we are? Just note it if you, want, if you can. If that's not clear, don't worry about it. And then bringing all those details as if you're in a, like a time travel bag in your mind. Just tuck those details into that time travel bag because you're about to travel. What do you want to bring back? And then, gently, slowly, you're going to open your eyes, travel back to 2019, April, Brown University. And we are very excited to hear what we can find out from the future. So we're going to ask folks to come down here. There's going to be a microphone there. Oh, actually, no, can we bring the microphone to people? Okay, we'll bring the microphone as close as we can to you. Um, So if you're down to share, and particularly here, we wanna hear from queer and trans people. Um, It's great if other people also have visions of this and you get to hear ours and hear if they go. Um, But we'd love to hear from some queer and or trans folks in the room about some of the visions you saw. You just raise your hand. You have one that you I, I, I saw things,
1: things I imagine. I,
0: I, I, I saw things I imagine. We're just going
1: to sing until you. I saw things
0: I imagine. I saw things
1: I imagine. Excellent. Well done.
5: Hello, so my name is Ryan. Um, I did undergraduate, graduate, and I'm a current staff member of this institution. So this hey. Really okay. Interesting progression. Um, I use they and she pronouns. I've been on estrogen for close to like two years now. Okay. So,
2: congratulations.
5: When I think about the apocalypse, I think a lot about like what's gonna happen to like gender affirming care for like yes. trans and intersex folks and like everyone who relies on like hormone therapies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking about a future in which like anyone can have holistic gender affirming care, just kind of like programmed into their day to day lives. That like your pediatrician is on top of it. They're asking you the right questions. Like, how do you feel in your body? Do you need anything? Um, What does medical care look like in the future? Like, do we have doctors? Or like, does everyone have that knowledge? Kind of like taught to them as part of school. Like, you know how to take care of your body and come in and I don't know ask those questions for yourself. Like you are your own WebMD, but like, you know what's up and like you, it's not misinformation. You're like, I know about my body and I know what I need. Awesome.
1: Beautiful, thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Missives from the future, anyone
6: else? Hello. 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 Um, Hi, my name is Nadia, I go to Brown and RISD. Yeah, in terms of thinking about, like, what families would look like, um, I thought about one of my good friends, Ute, and one of the things we talk about is, like, really wanting to have, like, communal family structures, like, when we're older, um, especially amongst our queer friends, so how it would be, like, really cool if, like, we just had, like, a clan of aunties that, like, collectively raised our children rather than, like, Having um, necessarily, like monogamous two- people pairings that are like raising our families, um, and instead like understanding love as like beyond just like our partners, but also extending to our friends yes. um, and, law- that, and allowing that to like extend into our parenting structures.
0: Uh, how many people in here are already part of a clan of aunties? <laughs> yes. I'm, that's so exciting, sorry. <laughs> Or whatever, I feel like that we need a word like nibblings. So we have the nibblings word for children of your sibling, where mm-hmm. it's like you're not gendering them, and I feel like we need a word that's like... longties or I don't know, something. It's, it doesn't exist yet, so I can't say it, but... Nonties? Crunkle? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Crunkle's nice. Crunkle's <laughs> nice, okay. Anyone else, Vision, you wanna share? Hi, honey. Good to see you. (laughs) You have a vision? Yeah. All right.
3: Um, So the thing that I thought about was that in order for us to be safe, we would have to defeat capitalism. Back to what you said. Of course. And this is not really a bummer to me Um, because I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think actually queer folks are going to be the folks who lead the fight to defeat capitalism. Agreed. Uh, We already have so many alternative economic and ways of taking care of one another. Yeah. And to you, it always reminds me of the Ursula Le Guin um, that we may think capitalism is inevitable, but so did the divine right of kings. Yes. Uh, And it's human made. So in the future, when we have defeated capitalism, our families will look like places where... Uh, the sense of family that we feel amongst queer and trans folks is extended into our blood relatives, extended into everyone, Um, and we have self-determination in what that means and self-determination of our housing. Uh, Where we live is amongst people who love and care uh, for us and with Mm. us uh, consistently, uh, because that's the way that we relate to human beings instead of from a mode of scarcity.
1: Mm. I love it. Thank you. I want to go to there. Thank you. It is inevitable.
0: It is inevitable. And and sometimes that's the only thing that gives me hope is I'm like, this shit got to fall down.
1: It's inevitable. And we talk about this all the, I mean, I feel like you and I have been talking about this increasingly, that realizing that like, even inside how desperate the circumstances feel right now, it is are communities that are the most prepared actually for how to navigate what is about to happen exactly <laughs> and that's exactly. that's both a that's both a blessing, but also a burden. I think to know that, like, because we we are already surviving on the margins, because we are already having to create these networks of care, networks of support that aren't reliant on the system as it functions. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of people who need our skills. Yeah. Right. When things do start to collapse, and the thing that I think we're not prepared for is how, and our movement particularly, is not prepared for how are we gonna receive all of that like need and want to survive from folks who haven't been in the work in the way that we've been in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so far, movement is demonstrating that it's really struggling to accept people who are just kind of figuring out that things are a problem. are like, first of all, you're
0: late. Second, your feminist analysis is like completely a mess. Third exactly. of all, you yeah. use the wrong pronouns. Fourth of right. all, it's just why like, are you here?
1: Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, they yes. did not show up perfectly. But, but
0: I always tell people, I'm like, neither did you at first. Exactly, stop it. Come through now. Come through, okay. We're all suffering.
1: Anyway, Other visions? visions? Movement Moments with Adrian and Autumn.
0: We've got one right here in front of the camera.
3: The camera. Oh, okay. Oh,
0: the other one. <laughs> um,
7: so I was thinking a little bit about clothing or lack of clothing. Yes,
0: thank you for thinking of that. Um,
7: accoutrement.
0: Fashion. 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 Yeah,
7: exactly. Um, and I don't know if anyone here has been to... I got really excited about going to... Um, Fluid, this um, store in New York City that's supposed supposedly the first like gender neutral clothing store fluid uh-huh. with the PH, but wait, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but wait. So they do
7: really important stuff in the community, but um, like everything in that store to me when I went in there looked like a potato sack.
0: <laughs> that part. Oh no,
2: <laughs> this yeah. is yeah.
7: And so like what I imagine is celebration of, but not fetishizing. Combinations of masculinity, quote unquote, masculinity and femininity, right? Like just so much different um, choices, right, around um, celebration of aesthetics. Yeah, that is, that is I not love fetishizing, that. right? If there is, you know, because this this way further in the future, right? I love that. Um, that those are some of the things that I was thinking about as far as clothing and not potato socks.
1: <laughs> I love that because I was just thinking of like, we're all in Game of Thrones gear. Like I'm wearing the like Sansa, like season eight what? Sansa with the leather and the chain situation. I'm like, I need that outfit so badly. That's Don't a, worry. I mean, it was not a spoiler. I don't want to yuck your. If you've young. seen any pictures of it, you've seen Sansa in the leather. Sansa's just wearing clothes. It's not a spoiler. In pictures, okay? <laughs> I see you. I see me like no. You're like, <laughs> don't you fuck up my life? It's okay, y'all. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the last thing I'll say. No. I just,
0: <laughs> I just want to say too. I I want to say that I think this is a really big tie into socialism. We're di- we'll switch soon. Yeah, we But on. into the reason why people resist socialism so deeply, right? It is the potato sack. And I was talking about this earlier, yes. Because I, when I ask people, I'm like, so you want everyone to have health care, everyone to have homes. Yes, yes, I want that. You want everyone to have all these things, education, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, so you're a socialist, right? And people are like, oh, no, no, no. And then when I'm like, why not? It's like, like because then everything would basically be like wearing a potato sack with no hot tub and like no butter. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right? And I'm like, <laughs> so I feel like part of what queer people have to do. Right, I think is what Tony Cape and Barr talked about. It's like we have to make the revolution irresistible. I feel like part of our queer brilliance of fashion is to like help make this future irresistible where we all are sharing and being with each other, but like bringing swag and beauty to it because like we bring swag and beauty to everything and we can make it out of nothing. And butter. Like, and butter. We got butter. All right,
8: is there anyone else? Yes. <laughs> Um, so when you talked about, like, how far do you have to look in the future, I think the thing that came up for me was, like, it wasn't an amount of time in the way we measure time now. Yeah. Um, and I think physical touch and physical pressure are really important for grounding me, so I just had the image of, like, Mm. someone's hand on my heart, like, Mm. pushing, and it wasn't, like, a year or 20 years, but it was just, like, how long does it take me to, like, not feel pain there? Um... And I think that like something that happens like when we are at our best in my queer, trans, like people of color communities is like, we know how to love each other not on a time limit. Um, And I think like moving towards something Mm. where we can still be healing even when we are there um, and know that that is not on a time limit. I'm just like gasping
0: at the beauty of that. (laughs) It's so pretty. That was such a pretty thought. (laughs) Um, Thank you, that was, I love that. I'm like, everyone, let's put our hands on our hearts. Mm -hmm. Just for a moment. Just for a moment, imagine that, let that idea in. That there will, it's inevitable that there will be a time when we won't be hurting. And we won't be scared. (laughs) It's inevitable. It's coming. And we'll be safe. And our babies will be safe. I'm here for that. All right, y'all. Y'all are so good at time travel, by the way. Um, And it's an skill that we all need to learn. It's my favorite thing, and Alexis teaches us. All right, so what we wanted to do is a little bit of Q and A now, um, because keep those mics running, people. (laughs) (laughs) Often people like that. So, um, and especially when we're in a university setting, um, we want to give some room for. Was that your Black Panther? uh, That was my Black Panther. Did you? I did.
1: I heard it. Because I'm your sister. Um,
0: So does anyone have questions, (laughs) feels, comments, (laughs) things you'd like to share or like a response to? Yes.
7: How did you uh, come up with the theme for your podcast? What uh, events led you to actually want to produce it?
1: That's great. Well, our our podcast has kind of an interesting origin story in that... um, as has often happened for Adrian and I in our work, there were, we were sort of on a similar path at the same time without necessarily having even realized it, even though we talk to each other all the time. And so... What's wrong with this? It's I don't so know. Um, we just don't happen to share everything. Um, so... But we do. I, we still don't get we it. We were both... Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's just, we both have really full lives. But basically, we were both in a pretty deep consideration of creating a podcast Um, and been taking steps towards developing a podcast, um, like individually on very different types of thematic material. And then um, I think you reached out to me and you were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, like you're thinking about this. I'm thinking, let's just do it together. Um, And we knew we wanted to talk about sisterhood We knew we wanted to talk about movements because both of us have been involved in social justice and movement work for a long time. And we knew we wanted to talk about Octavia Butler and science fiction. Like that's what we knew. So, and we had our amazing friend and now producer, Zach Rosen, who sat down to record us the first time. Mm-hmm. And we basically used that pilot, the, what became our pilot episode was the episode where we figured out what is this show going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, and But I think the you know, the conditions also in which we recorded that first episode... Um, You know, we we knew that there was something about, like, the political conditions, the political moment that was influencing us to feel a need to be really directly addressing this question of, like, it feels like apocalypse right now, but what does that mean given the fact that, like, we're all from communities that have survived things far worse than this? So what is so different about this moment right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Although, whatever, climate change, we haven't all survived that because it's happening right now. so, I think there was that, and then that first episode that we recorded, we recorded um, in the wake of leading a healing ceremony together um, that uh, was at the Allied Media Conference in the wake of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, and so, I think that that was also, you know, that shooting had just happened days before. Yeah. We had just led this
2: yeah.
1: um, ritual. healing ritual with a group of people who needed, who felt called together to basically um,
0: like queer and trans people at the allied media conference. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, um, and we basically went from. I remember that we were that we had the ceremonial water jars from from the ceremony were full of flowers and water. And I was carrying them in a canvas bag, like, strapped across my shoulder and and over my womb, just carrying them around for the rest of the day. And I had them with me in the room while we recorded that first episode. And then we left Zach's house and we went to the Detroit River and poured the ceremonial water out. And so it just feels like there's, there's a thread here, too, about grief and, like, how we... How we mourn together that also has been like a very important through line in the work. That was a long answer.
0: That was the whole answer. That, that was, was great. answer. Thank you. Anyone else? You don't have anything to say to us?
8: Oh, this is so nerve wracking. I'm so
0: nervous. Is oh, it?
1: Oh don't yeah. be. All <laughs>
8: right, just imagine us <laughs>
0: naked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Just kidding. <laughs>
8: okay. Um, so, that does help, actually. I didn't think that does would Does it help? It does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Looks good. Yeah, that's great, yeah.
0: Do you. Yeah.
8: Okay, so oh. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about kind of the forces that we're up against in creating these new worlds, right, these new uh-huh. futures. Um, and one of those forces, of course, being time, specifically yeah. linear time. Yes. And right? I'm glad people brought it up. Um and how linear time has, you know, often been used as a tool of oppression, right, yeah. to oppress and control and kind of suppress transgenerational power. So, I'm wondering if you could talk about time, specifically how we can bend and destabilize time and resist capitalist time to move us towards the stars.
0: Heck yes. That, what's your name? Excellent question asker.
8: Caitlin.
1: <laughs> Caitlin. What's you, your name? Thank you,
0: Caitlin. Awesome. Excellent. So... Time bending, time deconstruction. Um, I think destabilizing. destabilizing. One of the things I would recommend is, first of all, finding the work of Alexis Pauline Gumbs and like deep diving into it, um, particularly M-Archive. I feel like she's written basically a prophetic text for us that is exactly that, like how do we release time and, ju- and keep wisdom, release time and keep connection, release time and keep narrative. Um, so first that. Um, and then in the practice of facilitation, this has been a place where I've been really playing a lot with how do we bend the time that we have together such that it's enough, even though all the people in here are very convinced that we don't have enough time, right, <laughs> and, and are doing a lot of things to sabotage the possibility of us having enough time. So a lot of, because in capitalism, we are all trained that we only matter if we're too busy to be where we are, right? If we're too important to be where we are, if we can never fully be present because we're so important, because our value is more than this place, right? And as long as we can keep people thinking our value is more than the place, right? Um, then they'll pay more to try to get into it. They'll pay more to get us, right? I had someone tell me that the one time like if you if you're not available, people will pay so much to have you, and I was like, but then I wouldn't be there, so. <laughs> I would like to be with you know um, although it has helped I will say like as I've been trying to figure out like how can I harness more resources for black liberation work it has been interesting to be like oh rich and mostly white led spaces are like we'll pay a lot and actually it makes us feel really good to pay a lot of money that's how we know you're valuable and then I can redistribute that money Um, but
1: that you you're bending money there.
0: I'm bending money. I bend money all the time. I'm like literally, I have none, and yet I'm paying the IRS a ton. So somehow,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Magic, but wait, so you're right? suggesting that there's a that there's like a way of. In, that, in those facilitation spaces of basically saying, I'm going to actually draw my value from being fully present right here, right, right, here now. right now.
0: So to me, that's the way you bend time, right? If people are present in time, and if you've ever had this experience, some people, the first time you have this experience is an experience of drugs, right? And so I always laugh about this, because I'm like, for me, I think the first time was when I did mushrooms, the first time. I, I did mushrooms. and. <laughs> Coming out again. We did
2: mushrooms together in
0: England, mom. (laughs) Autumn was a baby and and it was her fault. Okay. Um, (laughs)
1: That's not how that works stereotypically. Actually, it was such a good trip. That was was like one of my favorite
0: experiences we've ever had. In England. So, but in that experience of doing mushrooms together, which I highly recommend to all of you and you're at the right age for it, is that I was suddenly so present. I was in the present moment, and I was so deeply in the present moment that I was like, I can literally see everything. I have time to look at everything. I have time to be here, and this is what matters. And so trying to bring that same level of focus and attention, um, part of what I'll talk about is miraculous time often. So I'll get a group in the room, and I'm like, listen, at the front of this, I want to say I recognize that all of you are miraculous beings. I cannot recreate you. I can't recreate your time, and I want you to make sure you're on purpose to be here. That no one made you come here, you're not here by obligation, you're not here because it looks cool to be here, you're not cool because you just need to check it off, but you're here because you're gonna die someday, and this is how you wanna spend these five hours, or these 10 hours, or these three days. And that does help bring people a little bit more present. Um, and then I'm gonna die? Yes, right? I'm like, that's what we all know is is we are the, you know, we think about universities as temporary spaces, right? People come in, you're trying to evoke some change, and then you're going to go, right? It's just a microcosm of all of life. We come in, we try to learn who the fuck are we, what are we going to do, how much can we change, and then we go, and it's just a slightly longer thing on the really, really long landscape. So the more you can bring people into, be here on purpose. When you're on purpose, that's when you're bending, you can start to bend and play with time. And then it's like, what really matters in this time? So getting people to stop fronting and bluffing and buffooning and lying in the space, because that just is such a waste of time, and trying to train ourselves to move with precision and to move right to the heart of things. Um, For me, somatics has been a major way of doing this, that I'm like, um, somatics is a methodology for landing into the practice of wholeness, the whole self. Danielle and I are like part of this community of generative somatics. But for me, that's been a way that I'm like, oh, I have a center and I can center into what my actual purpose is in being here right now and what is it I'm supposed to deliver. And when I'm in that place, I also feel like I'm bending time because I'm no longer, um, you know, even our method of talking, we we can repeat ourselves. Most humans, we train ourselves to repeat ourselves three times every time we're talking because no one fucking listens. (laughs) And so if we start to practice like, I'm gonna pretend like you're listening I'm just gonna say it once. I'm gonna move to the next thought. How much I've just saved a third of my two-thirds of my life, you know, like so. To me, it's like these kind of things of like get direct, be on purpose, actually be where you are. And then when you're done being when you are, let it go. So I think that's the other thing is we cling and we waste a lot of time creating literally a resistance against the the pressure of time, instead of being able to be like, I'm in a flow with it. Like I finished College, and now I'm not supposed to stay a student anymore. Now it's time to go Mm. to the next thing, or you know, I'm supposed to be a student of life, but now it's time to move into co creating. The other one last thing I'll say on this is the less time um, we spend putting our attention where it doesn't belong, the more we're able to actually bend time and shape where it does belong. So I call you know, I talk about what we pay attention to grows, but I'm like, we spend a lot of time growing shit that we don't care about, right? Where I'm like, if you don't care about the Kardashians. (laughs) and you hate the Kardashians, and you don't really, like, don't ever talk about them. I also say this to people about Beyonce, right? I'm like, when someone comes and like, I don't know how I feel about Beyonce, I'm like, you don't have to pay any attention to her at all. I can. (laughs) I know how I feel. I will give her all of the attention for all of us. It's fine. She'll be fine, right? She doesn't care what you think. She's literally just living her purpose and flowing and, like, having a great time. She's making great use of her time, right? You should make great use of yours. (laughs)
1: I really like that you just let us see how you respond to people who are like, I'm not sure about Beyonce, which is I just wanted to
0: figure out where do I slide this in? I don't have time for that.
1: But bending time, (laughs) defending Beyonce. It's like all one... But one of the things I just wanted to like extract from what you just shared, which was so much beauty, um, is this piece about the role of lying. Yes. Because... Um, liars. Right, we always talk about, like, time is a construct, time is a construct, which means time is a lie. Yes. Um, and one of the ways <laughs> that... One of the ways construct, that, lie? Right, and one of the ways that constructs work is by, like, you know, thinking fractally here, that they, like, replicate themselves from the inside. Yes. You know, oh, yeah, I'm talking about emergent strategy, too. I was like, um, I mean, I learned it from watching but, you. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. um, but that, like, that that there's a way that people... People lying in spaces or lying inside relationships helps replicate the idea of time because it creates more conditions to take... It creates the conditions for things to take longer if we can't actually get at what's real. And I mean, I feel like I've seen Ah. this repeatedly in my work and in my own relationships that it's like, oh had everyone been being honest with each other, then this wouldn't have taken four years for us to figure out what actually (laughs) needed to happen here,
0: right? Oh my god. I feel like the primary thing I do when I'm facilitating (laughs) is like getting, I'm like, can you tell the truth? Right. (laughs) Maybe the truth would, this would be like a good time to maybe just say what you actually want. No one's forcing you to lie. Yeah, and like the number of times people, and you may have all practiced this, you sit in a meeting, you know exactly what you think, you open your mouth, Something else comes out. Mm -hmm. Right? And part of it is like, I don't want to hurt their feelings with the truth, which is that proposal is total bullshit. Right? Right. That's never gonna work. Or I just disagree. It's really or it could be like, I think it's really brilliant and it's smarter than anything I came up with. I feel resentful about that, and so I'm not gonna let it go forward. So sad. Right? And I don't know how people would say that, but I do think there's a way to be like feeling insecure. This, this proposal is mm-hmm. making me feel insecure. I and wish I had that idea. Yeah. I really wish I had that idea. And then just be like, hmm, own that. And then let the idea be a good idea, rather than let me go write a new proposal where it's basically that idea with slight shifts, and then I start a new organization. Oh, I look how much time funded. that took. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Been time. Great. So we love y'all so much. Yeah, um, y'all are we so send beautiful. A huge shout of thanks to all of you for coming to be with us in person. This is so great. We wanna send a huge shout of thanks to our mother both for coming and also for having us. Yay. Mm-hmm. Thank you um, for birthing us. And to all the friends in the room that were like looking out and seeing, it's so exciting that y'all came to see us, even though you know us and you still came to act. And like thanks to thing. the organizers, this was so
1: beautiful. Thank you yes. for holding us.
3: Yeah. All right, all good right.
1: night, y'all.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our show. We are on Twitter and Instagram at IntoTheWorldPC. We're also on Facebook at into the world Show. You can make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash into the world show. Another incredibly helpful thing you can do to help our show sustain itself is write us a review. Anywhere you're listening to this podcast, write us a review and let folks know, you know, it's good, it's good. And then How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by um, the mother of another father, <laughs> the father of another mother, the incomparable, the magical parent, Zach Rosen. And music for today's show comes from Tunde Alana and Mother Cyborg. Happy Mother's Day. In the spirit of time being nonlinear, in a future episode, Autumn and I are going to decide that we should start leaving you all these little, little, we ain't done yet bits right at the end of the show, after the credits, for the true listeners who really care. We are inspired by Marvel. <laughs> so this is me, Adrian, in a bathtub on Mother's Day, just sending you a little, a little something extra. I want to share this bath with you, which smells like rosemary and lavender. I want to share a long drink of cold water with you. And I want to say happy spring. Okay. That's the extra little bit. It's a little spell casting for you and your future
2: relaxation. Ciao now, brown cow.